Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I'm your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. And I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern who refuses to be a hero. Codename Legion Cub. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, boy. You guys are in for it tonight. We have shirts. There are Audible Interlude Podcast t-shirts. A brand new shirt is going to go up for sale the day of Joe Mania, March the 26th. Go to Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram and check out the pinned stories to get links for your Audible Interlude t-shirts. Uh, you can find us on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Every other week, we do a live stream where we talk about the latest developments in G.I. Joe or do wacky themed episodes like Joe Mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I encourage you to follow us online, Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram. That's the best place to shoot us messages. Tell, which, tell us what you think about the show, what you want to hear on the show. If you've got ideas, if you've got thoughts about G.I. Joe, send them to us there. And the day of every live stream we will put up a sound off post where you can tell us uh what we'll talk about on that night's episode although on the 26th we will have older sound offs because we did not have time on the uh marathon (laughs) overtime live stream that we just did so this episode is going to be a little bit different which i mean every episode is a little bit different but we decided that we were going to take a look at something that we haven't really talked about a whole lot on the show, and that is Sigma-6. This is not going to be a huge deep dive into all of Sigma-6, because that really wasn't our plan from the start. I thought it would be fun to review the first episode of the Sigma-6 animated series, uh, and then concurrently to just kind of take a a shallow look at the Sigma-6 toy line. Obviously, that line went on for three years, and there's a ton to cover. So this episode, we're going to review that one episode of the cartoon. We're going to just kind of take a casual look at the toy line, kind of general thoughts about it. Uh, You know, later on in the podcast, as episodes go on, we'll drop into Sigma 6 here and there, take a look at specific figures or specific years, whatever the case may be. So this episode is just going to be kind of, honestly, from my perspective, what one dum-dum thinks of Sigma 6. Because <laughs> that's like all I got. It's like the primer. Yeah. If you're prime. not familiar with Sigma 6, we're giving you just enough of a taste. That's right. Uh, so with that, I think let's go ahead and jump into this review. spreading across the globe like a plague unless we do something radical to obliterate them. Conventional tactics aren't cutting it anymore. To stop these snakes, we have to go off the grid and use maximum force. We have to transform this team into Cobra's worst nightmare. Of course, officially, we won't exist. If we run into trouble, we're on our own. I won't order anybody to sign up. You have to choose it yourselves. Now, who's with me? Yo, Joe! 
Welcome to our big review of G.I. Joe Sigma 6. It is time to look at the episode Cobra Strike, which is about G.I. Joe and their fight against Cobra. Now, Christian, can you tell us a little bit about Sigma 6 and the animation studio that presented it to us? Yes. Okay. So in 2005, Hasbro, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Hasbro partnered up with the Japanese. Japanese animation studio Gonzo to create a new G.I. Joe series. If you are not familiar with Gonzo, uh, you may be surprised. You probably are. They are responsible for such animes as Gatekeepers, Helsing, Full Metal uh, Panic, uh, Null. They did Transformers Galaxy Force. Uh, and one of my personal favorite animes, Gats. Uh, which came out in 2004 and started the uh, anime is too violent panic, uh, resulting in a lot of censoring of their work. So um, Hasbro teamed up with them to create 13 episodes of a new series. Uh, jumping back to 2005, you had an anime boom going on. You had Toonami on Cartoon Network. Uh, you had shows like The Boondocks, Avatar The Last Airbender. So for the time, this was very much in the style of what was happening. Uh, so I also want to real quickly point out the theme song, which I'm sure... Phantom and Noel have thoughts on. No. But no matter what your thoughts are, the theme song Be a Hero was written and composed by Russ Velasquez and John Siegler. I hope I pronounced your names correctly. And uh, to put some perspective as far as why that theme song sounds the way it does, they are responsible for the Pokemon theme song, the Yu-Gi-Oh theme song, uh, One Piece. So again, this song, listening to it today, is very, oh, wow. It's just missing the word extreme. See, I had it. to look it up because I was like, was this written by Trey Parker and Matt Stone under the name DVDA? <laughs> because it could have just very well. Now you're a man. Man, 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 man. But, uh, you know, I... It's not a great theme song, but I still like no. this better. <laughs> I still like this better than the second version of the G.I. Joe well, theme it's... song got to be tough. And oh, much, I, I like, like Joe. I like Joe Tough way more than yeah. this. And much like many other anime themes, the theme is very long and tells you a lot about the characters that you're going to see in the story. Yes, and so does the first episode. But like, if you didn't watch the first episode, the theme song does let you know who everybody is. Yeah, and they. Uh, I mean, and I'm not a big anime fan, um, but. Like I going back and watching like the Transformers series that aired exclusively in Japan, stuff like Headmasters and and the ones that all that. Force. Yeah, they they all have very long, complex theme songs that are like essentially full length songs. This um, and this theme song had approximately twenty seven different styles of music that it went <laughs> through. 
over the course of the theme. Like one part was singing, one part was a guy yelling, one part was G.I. Joe Sigma Six codename for a highly trained special mission force. It's objective stop Cobra. Like <laughs> wow. It's intense. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I mean, it fits in with it in that style for a lot of anime shows this theme song was the gremlins 2 of gi joe theme songs <laughs> mm. Mm. don't be dissing on gremlins 2 now i love gremlins 2 <laughs> i'm just talking about the level of of over the top and insanity. okay very very true uh, um now overall uh the the amount of budget that hasbro gave gonzo to work with I was not able to find like, you know, actual dollar amounts, but if you are familiar with their other works, when you watch Sigma six, you can see they did not have the same level of budget as some of their other shows. Um, I think that they are doing the best with what they have and um, all the character designs fit with what the toys were going to be um you know at this at this stage early 2000s it was all that hyper anime style well very um, much like we were talking about with deke where we said like well this is what the early 90s looked like yeah. same thing with sigma six this is what this 2005 era looked like well and like i was thinking about like the transformers analog at this time was cybertron and it also was very similar in style because i mean when they did that trilogy with like armada and energon and cybertron i watched armada and it was a little silly and like really kitty but i could not watch the later shows just because they got really into this whole extreme very anime derived style that it just was a little bit too much for me and and to be clear, I like I'm I'm not a huge anime fan. There's certain things that I really dig, like obviously Akira. Everybody has to appreciate Akira, Cowboy Bebop, um, Battle Angel. Like there are certain things that I really do enjoy, but overall I am not a fan of well, th- this is almost its own style of anime. Yeah. Because if you watch like you can't lump anime into one single group. No, this it's is all very different. This is if I could do like an American comparison, this is like the Joe Maduera, however you said his name, like yes. battle chasers yes, style yes. of American art that's really influenced by anime. Well, and not not all anime is this insane, hyperkinetic, shouting all the time, wooden right. dialogue. Like not everything is this unfortunately though that is the stigma that anime tends to carry true and this to me was exactly that it was not (laughs) the personal taste wise this was not something that i enjoyed at all but i do feel (laughs) they achieved exactly what they wanted to achieve with this so It it is it's perfect well except except for the whole successful cartoon series that right. people actually wanted I mean, it, to watch look it got two seasons <laughs> and two seasons of any cartoon in this era is 
nothing to to but it didn't get its complete two seasons here in the states it didn't even air its full 13 episodes here in the right. states oh did it, got, it not no oh no. um overseas it did and then essentially they released like season one i believe the last couple episodes got released when they did the dvd because they basically made like two sigma six movies um but to set up the story before episode one. Oh, this, wait, real real quick, uh, real quick. Yep. Here's why it was on. I don't even know what these it was on Cartoon Network, probably in one of their same kind of death slot. They put the Thundercats reboot into um, and the hub and the hub, yeah. which not nothing had. was going to find success on that. So. Well, they just, it was just the reruns they showed on the hub, though, right? Because the hub was several years later. Yeah, the hub was oh, years true. later. Yeah, because yeah, the hub was what um, G.I. Joe Renegades the, this, aired on. Yeah. This was originally but that's cartoon. when I first saw it. Um, this was originally Cartoon Network. And, well, no, wait, it wasn't. What is 4Kids TV? 4Kids, yeah. Uh, so I don't even for, know what that is. For, oh, it's Fox. Right. So it's um it, but it's not just Fox. It was sort of um like a syndicated Four kids produced a lot of anime that they brought over to the states, right? So they sort of sold it as a package. Right. So right. think like Disney Afternoon, where like, right. hey, you're gonna get these four shows that are the four kids or like the Sunday network. morning uh, USA that would have tiger right, Hawks or t- tiger sharks and silver yeah. Hawks. And uh, so, but, but th- at this time animation was in a really bad place because nothing got treated as important because we were really just getting into the 24 hour cartoon cycle where you know, before you had syndicated series or you had Saturday morning series, but this is the point where Saturday mornings were really dying. Uh, well, it was and, very hard to find consistent programming anywhere. And outside of anime, a lot of what was being produced for Cartoon Network, for channels, you know, here in the States, everything was already switching over to that flash animation that was super cheap to produce. Uh, So during this time period, you know, put Sigma six next to Foster's home for imaginary friends. And you can see just how right different um, it is, you know, and we we could probably run down a list of excellent animated shows that died because of the turmoil of animation just now mm-hmm. i had i had to look it up real quick but uh the batman mm-hmm. which is one of the best batman animated series uh but it just couldn't find a footing and we at the same time we had let's see okay now th- this is i don't want to get down a rabbit hole because we're supposed to wrap this up in an hour <laughs> uh but I, this is something kind of near and dear to me where there are all these animated series. Uh, there's a Green Lantern series that I think was a couple of years after this, the CGI Green Lantern the CG, series. Uh-huh. Um, there's so many uh, Spider-Man, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. 
there's so many animated series that only got a couple seasons because I feel like there was just this this time period where the toy sales and the broadcasting of this because like streaming hadn't really taken off to where it is right now and all of these excellent shows just died well and you even think about star wars the original clone wars series was coming out right around this time or maybe mm-hmm. like a year before and it's they... a miracle that it lasted as long as it's di- as it because those early yeah. seasons are rough yes yeah but... yeah but i mean they kept them to shorts and this was during the time that they were still putting out like the prequel. Oh, wait, are you talking about the he's talking about Tartakovsky? Yeah, yes, the short, like, well, those were like 2002, though, weren't they? Was that 2002? That was a little bit later. I was thinking those were because it was between episodes two and three, and yeah, so yeah, but just three years, two or three years prior, you had the Mike Young Masters of the Universe series. 2003 was Jindy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, okay. So yeah, but but I mean, really, that early two thousand, that mid decade, just slaughtered a lot of really quality mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I I feel like. So now this is not one of those because this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So so to get us up to speed real yes. quick, where we are with GI Joe, uh, this storyline loosely follows what has happened with valor versus venom and spy troops yeah so this so, is it's very similar um to the way that the transformers were doing it like i said before you had armada and you had energon and then cybertron which i that's galaxy force which you were talking about earlier so that was also produced by gonzo um where it it is part of that trilogy but it also but it's also very loosely based on that yeah so, um it doesn't tie in exactly the same way this doesn't tie in exactly to spy troops and Valor versus Venom. right there's little elements that the you know it's the post crisis gi joe because they were like we we like this from spy troops but we don't like this so we're going to pick and choose what elements we need um so cobra commander it has was captured by gi joe that's sort of where we start off um it did deal with, I guess I should also say, um, as opposed to the, uh, you know, Sunbow, where let's have every Joe, this very much so was that trend of we have a dedicated team, a small, fairly small unit so that everybody gets a little bit of um, either airtime or a couple of lines of dialogue. Well, yeah. well, certainly in in this episode, it it is a compact unit, and I think that's smart mm-hmm. to get everybody introduced to a degree. Yeah. Uh, so I watched this on Tubi. Uh, Tubi is fantastic. There's so much old stuff on there. Uh, you have to watch commercials, but it really it's not a big deal. And honestly, in this one, I wish there had been more commercial breaks. <laughs> well, and this is also on the official GI Joe YouTube. Oh, is it? Too. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Okay. Although Tubi tends to put the commercials in where they originally were YouTube, you could have like the apparent commercial break. It goes through that. And then in a random spot, you end up with an ad. Yeah. So but I, I, yeah. But then, then if you're like me, you, you bought YouTube premium years ago and you haven't seen a commercial in ages. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't live without it. 
Um, so our episode opens and we're at a, an, an unmanned Arctic station and it's really fantastic because we get this army of Cobra. Now these are bats, correct? Battle Android yes, troopers. Yes. Uh, they're bats uh, with, with some other kind of support vehicles with them, but a massive like legions attacking this place. The visuals are phenomenal. Well, and Although, they're very similar to, um, well, it's, it's, it's almost like Nazi imagery, but it's very similar to uh, watching. If you ever seen Pink Floyd, the wall with the hammers walking, mm-hmm. that was the first thing I saw. Oh, I was okay. Like, I was like, okay, that's, that's a very cool visual there. And they're using kind of a weird, like CGI slash cell shading hybrid with a lot of this artwork you know and i generally don't care for that um but for this to me it worked mm-hmm. i think it works for the bats i don't like it on the vehicles oh interesting it, it sticks it didn't, out like a sword yeah bone. see it didn't bother me on the vehicles and usually i hate that like uh if you go watch batman mask of the phantasm they they do that combination mm-hmm. of cg and cell animation and to me as much as i love that movie and think it's the greatest theatrical batman movie ever released that does stick out to me here it didn't bother me what did bother me is what the heck are these giant cylinders sticking out of the bat's elbows what is this? Yeah, I, that's the only Sigma Six figure I owned, and I what cannot is, tell what you. Is it? I oh. cannot tell you. It's fair enough. Fair enough. Those uh, okay, were the. So, uh, we get we get the bats assaulting this base, uh, and then we get our insanely overly complicated intro music. It's a lot. Uh, the score, however, like once we get past that intro, the music throughout the rest of the episode, very exciting. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like techno, heavy metal, techno, heavy metal, like a mood piece, techno, but, heavy metal. But like it in a weird way, it worked for me. Like, here's the thing. Like I said, this this whole endeavor is not to my tastes. However... I think they executed it exactly like they wanted. Uh, I wonder how much of a, like, not being able to find the channel or a jumping time slot or all of these things that plagued animation from this era hurt G.I. Joe, because I feel like as a product of its time, it was perfectly executed. As that, as that, like, American people producing, and I understand it's not an American company, but these are American ideas. This mm-hmm. is an American brand. As far as American brand producing anime, I do feel like it it does its thing. And Christian, you're probably better qualified to speak to that. Yeah. So if I put myself in the mindset of not an anime fan, but an older G.I. Joe fan that grew up on Sunbow. I would say this show is prime to capture kids. Yes. At that time. Yes. Yes. But absolutely 100% turn off the older G.I. Joe fan or the even random slight G.I. Joe fan that like comes across this and is like, oh, a G.I. Joe show. And it is, there's just some real. 
for lack of a better word, like anime stereotypes, right? Like, like look at um, like Tunnel Rat as an example. Oh gosh, he, mm, he is the. I'd rather not. I, he is the quintessential younger brother character. Every anime show has this character. Where are his eyes? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I couldn't tell. There's the scene where the bats are attacking, and I can't tell. Is he supposed to have his eyes closed? Right. Is that why he right. doesn't see them? What yeah. is happening? But- it's a style thing. So I can see where somebody would watch that and be like, that absolutely is not Tunnel Rat. What What am I watching? <laughs> Here, here's Here's something that I think we have to consider with this. It is 2023. Sometime in the last two months, the world figured out that adults are interested in collecting toys. This happened almost 20 years ago, where Hasbro had no idea that it would be a good idea to appeal to people who love G.I. Joe in the 80s. All they cared about at this point was we have to capture people who are kids right now and we're going to do that by making a cartoon that looks like all of the cartoons that kids like right now we're going to make a toy line that is unlike anything else on the show well right that time but but we're doing our best to make a great toy line which i would posit they did uh we'll talk a little bit about uh, Mm. about that later um i like i say this is everything about this is thoroughly off-putting to me but i think they succeeded in what they were trying to do so um so your team consists of heavy duty long range snake eyes duke tunnel rat scarlet high tech jinx and Kamakura. High tech, who is named after rapper boots. <laughs> uh and we get to know to to me, uh, as an introductory episode, I feel like we got a pretty decent look at all of these characters. Duke is clearly the leader. Um, Scarlet is kind of his right hand. We get the <laughs> so at so at one point in the episode. They literally refer to Snake Eyes, Kamakura, and Jinx as the three ninjas. Yes. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's going to show up later in one of their. Oh, movies. I wish. <laughs> Which uh, I don't know that that classified sculpting is there. I had forgotten what Jinx looks like in this show, dude. I did. I want yeah. that figure. Uh, well, my, one of my notes is I'd be into classified figures of all of these designs. Well, yeah. I mean, I love the the Kamakura and the purple. Dude, uh, all of them. I yeah. liked all of these designs as, like, alternates. Like, this is... None of these are ever going to be my, like, oh, that's my favorite Duke. But they're all very toyetic. They all look cool. Like, that Scarlet design with whatever kind of gear, armor, whatever she had, like, going on, mm-hmm. like... This Scarlet looks with the goggles and the hair like all of these designs are cool. They're toyetic as heck. Yes. And they present the the three ninjas 
are very clearly like a force unto themselves. They're out there just running around. Like they Duke run and, a lot. <laughs> Duke and Scarlet have to have, which by the way, this is another one of my notes is the Rhino and the ice dagger produced as regular. To- I've got them sitting right here next to me produces regular toys later in the line. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they did Sigma six versions of these because the Sigma six are gigantic eight inch. Yeah, figures. they did. Well, they did two and a half inch figures of like a couple things like the rolling command center and the dragonfly copter. Um, but I don't think they did all of the vehicles in that. They, scale. Well, they did a couple of Sigma six vehicles because people have posted them as like, hey, these could work with classified. But I don't think they did these. But no, then no. later on in the line, the Rhino. And at some point on Instruments of Destruction, and we'll talk about this Rhino, one of the greatest G.I. Joe toys ever made. But it was made, it was released in 2009. Same thing with the Ice Dagger. It's it's part of the movie line. Mm-hmm. But they used the design from this Sigma 6 cartoon, which was really wild to me. But Scarlet and Duke both have to have their Ice Daggers to drive around in the snow. These ninjas just running, doing the ninja <laughs> run, which, by the way, I hate. Yes. <laughs> well, especially the shots where they're run. just they're just bouncing in and the I, in the frame. Yeah, and I get it. Like it's I I understand why people think that's cool. I'm not like mad at it, but for me personally, oh. Uh I loved the scene of Baroness and Destro playing chess. That was great storytelling. Yes. It was great show not tell. Because mm-hmm. you see them playing this mental game. Uh, I really liked that. I also liked the fact that they did acknowledge the capture of Cobra Commander and the Destro is kind of running the show now. I don't know what was up with Baroness's cyber mittens, but they were cool. <laughs> now, all the designs in this were cool. I thought I thought all the designs were cool. So I you all know. I sing the praises of voice actors on this show. It is acting. Um, I don't want to poo-poo on anybody's talent. However, I do think that is one of the weaker aspects of the show. Yes. And oh. I, I wish, and I I wish they had gone a different route with Baroness. Well, yeah, both both Baroness and Destro, they are clearly trying to base them on the Sunbow voice. Yeah. Neither one of them sound like they want to be there, especially Destro. Well, here's my note about the voice acting. I felt like all of the voices were very good. The direction was my issue because I feel like everybody was told like, okay, here's the voice you're doing. Here's how you're doing it. Look out the window now. Oh my gosh. We're playing chess. Look at the vehicle coming towards us. Oh no. Like they were told you need to, because this, this was made for American audiences. Mm -hmm. There was no reason for them to do because the whole reason we think of anime as being what I just did is because English voice dub actors who do anime have to do that to keep up with the motion of the animation. Mm-hmm. There was no reason for that in this other than this is what anime sounds like. 
this is what we want you to do. Yeah. But I would, I would love to be able to hear someone do a completely different take yes. on Baroness. Well, I will know something original. I would love for these same voice actors to do this with different direction with, with emotion. No, no, do normal, do normal voice acting that you would do. We're not trying to ape the English dub anime style. Mm-hmm. Just do it normally. And that would have made this to me a hundred percent more watchable, but I get it. I get why they were doing that because at the time that was a thing. That was what you wanted this to sound and look like. So I, I, I understand why they did everything that they did. It just wasn't for me. (laughs) Uh, So in, in taking notes here, here's how I, a little peek behind the curtain of how phantom does this stuff uh i'll sit here and watch it i'll watch a segment and i'll write my notes as and let it keep playing but if as i'm because while i'm writing my notes obviously i'm not looking at the screen and if i get a sense of something happened that i missed while i was writing my notes i'll rewind it uh so taking notes sometimes i'm not looking at the screen and I'm just hearing it. And this is where I realized I feel like the voice direction was a flaw because even while I wasn't looking at the screen, I heard it and it sounded like anime to me. And that's where I really picked up on, Oh, they're telling these voice actors to deliver these lines that way. It's not because it wasn't necessary for this project, but Mm. that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted it to sound like. I'll give you this on of everything we've ever reviewed. This is the one thing where I just absolutely just quit and gave up on taking any notes halfway through because, (laughs) well, because I just was like, there's, I don't know how to translate my thoughts into notes here. I'm just going to kind of remember what, yeah, was happening as we discussed it because I watched this episode twice all the way through. Oh gosh. I'm sorry. Still don't quite know (laughs) how how to process everything normally that's what i do i'll watch it once just watching it and then i'll watch it again to take my notes and this time like five minutes in i was like i cannot watch this again (laughs) i've got to just do one run through uh so heavy duty and tunnel rat are, and, and for the listeners, I apologize that we're not getting as much into the actual plot of the episode as we normally do, but this is just so, it was such a kick to my brain. <clears throat> it's difficult. <laughs> uh, so we have Heavy Duty and Tunnel Rat are in like the jungle as opposed to everybody else who's in an Arctic type region. Uh, and they've got G.I. Joe supplies. And at some point, they're being assaulted by bats. Well, can we get uh, into their weird character quirks first? Sure, because go ahead. We're Let's... introduced. We're introduced to Heavy Duty, who, of course, is um, you know a giant guy who can lift boulders, but they have to make him afraid of mice because he's like got something in common. He's with got elephants. the strength of an elephant, but unfortunately, he also has the elephant's weakness or whatever. Which which is fine. That's, you know, you're going to make your characters going to give them some uh some personality quirks like that that seem to be contradicted. 
And then we show Tunnel Rat, whose quirk is apparently that he just eats bugs. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, he literally, like, comes out of this pipe like a snake. Yeah. And just leans over and, like, just takes his tongue and, and lifts this roach off of a... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, not, not my favorite. Um, but they, there was... Okay, so here was my question. There's a reference to heavy duty cooking because when the bats attack and we're not entirely sure if tunnel rat sees them or not, because we can't tell if his eyes are open, uh, <laughs> they, and for whatever reason, heavy duty and tunnel rat left their weapons outside the bunker and heavy duty says, don't mess up my pants because tunnel rat is fighting the bats with pans. Cause that's what you do. So there is a reference to heavy duty cooking. Is there a point? And I, I don't know this off the top of my head with my Joe history. Is there a point where heavy duty was, was literally, cause now they're two different characters, roadblock and heavy duty. Was there a point where heavy duty was actually just roadblock, but they couldn't use the name roadblock? That's how I always knew it. Yeah, that's how I was just interpreted it. That okay, that's what I thought. I mean, now, now, it, well, within the last decade, they are two separate characters. Yeah, well, they're but both think... in the live action movies as separate characters. Right, and they, right, right. They, in Resol or it was not Resolute, but uh, Renegades, they are identified as separate characters at that right. time too. But but yeah, I think initially heavy duty was just roadblock. They just couldn't call him roadblock. Yeah. Okay. Which is still why I think that that classified figure should have just been heavy duty. The target. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. A hundred percent. I agree. Um. So then we get uh, we, and this jumps around a lot because we have this Arctic scenario, this jungle scenario. Somehow. Duke and his so Duke Scarlet, the ninjas and long range are all in this Arctic area and they find the Cobra Castle, which the Cobra Castle looks awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is a fantastic piece of animation, a great piece of design, uh, just looks absolutely awesome. Uh, so the Joes with their two ice daggers and long range in the rhino. And I'll tell you right now, I don't know if it's called the rhino in this. I cannot remember. Did you guys catch that? I think that's the rolling operation command center. Cause that's the sure. one that they did the two and a half inch scale figure. Uh, vehicle. Oh, for. did they? Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the ice daggers assault on the Cobra castle. And there is so much split screen to character communication in this at one point i i obviously i don't mean this literally at one point i almost threw up it's <laughs> it's awful like it happens once or twice and it's okay but it is it's I've, constant well i mentioned earlier it's it's essentially like playing a video game like like some of the big arcade games that you might have found it like a dave and busters at this time um, like the fighting games and stuff, there would be a lot of those split screens like that, and it just feels like you're watching one, especially with the little, the little sing sound whenever the split screen Ugh. comes into play. Ugh. 
so bad so bad uh so the rhino is hauling that and i look the story of this is cool the the, this it's totally gi joe it's just a format that i personally don't love uh so they call in long range because he's in this big heavily armored vehicle with not only uh if you don't know go to 3d joe's or go to yojo.com look up the rhino vehicle it's awesome it's this heavily armored troop transport slash multi-segment vehicle because there's a helicopter that comes out of the back of it uh and he's also in this this is not part of the toy but in the cartoon he's towing this uh armored module that contains a gi joe mech and i like incorporating like battle tech into gi joe i actually own uh the mechs that they released as part of the modern line or the Emmy, whatever you want to call it, 25th anniversary, 50th anniversary pursuit of Cobra, which again, those designs seem to be based off of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a Cobra mech and there's a GI Joe mech that were both released in 2009, I think. Uh, so Duke is in the GI Joe mech and it pops up out of this armored trailer and it's cool. I think this stuff is really cool. I love the idea. I'm a guy that never had a problem in the 2009 live action movie with the suits because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a progression of what G.I. Joe would have become in the 80s. Like, seriously, armored, basically Iron Man suits. Yes, G.I. Joe would have done that. Really? Like, seriously, you don't think that's a thing? So instead, we get these big Battletech mechs, which are awesome, because Battletech is awesome, you guys. I don't know where you were uh, in geek culture, but Battletech rules. So we get these cool Battletech uh, Battletech slash... Uh, oh, what was the toy line? Eco? Not... Uh, oh, Exosquad? Exosquad. Mm-hmm. Exo Squad GI Joe combo. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, Duke is in one of these type of deals. The assault on the Cobra Castle. Duke busts in, and you've got a really cool tense, like the Rhino's not gonna make it in time. We gotta get through the gate. The gate's closing. Boom, Duke busts through the gate in this Exo Squad Battletech suit just tearing up cobras they're cobra mechs that of course cobra mechs are not manned they're just big robot things so duke can just obliterate them and we don't have to feel bad about it uh but what's funny is duke gets in the like the garage of the castle busts through one door and then cobra or uh, destro and baroness are just sitting there at their holographic chessboard and you're like why are they in the garage really weird but then they tell us because they're just holograms there to fool duke like this is story wise execution wise like this is totally gi joe i cannot complain about the story elements about the vehicles about the characters the designs the armor like everything about it totally works it's just the fact that it's this anime style that i'm not personally a fan of is the only thing that put me off of it everything else is awesome (laughs) so at this point in the story duke has busted into the castle christian you have experienced lots of 
uh, this Gonzo animation, including Gantz, which I only know because of the very unique look of the ladies' uniforms. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Give me some. I know there are Gantz action figures out there. Send them to me. (laughs) Uh, Where are you at this point, Christian? So, uh, all right. So up to this point, the only two things that bug me is still the CG vehicles and some of the voice acting. Which is so funny to me because the CG vehicle, I'm so like at this point. But see, like you hate the split screens and I eat that up when they're shouting (laughs) and we have the speed lines coming from them. I'm eating it up. Oh, dude, the the speed lines. Speed lines on long range. When Duke was telling long range, uh, we've got to make it in there long range. It just goes to this close-up of him with the speed lines. I I just wanted to tear my TV off the wall and throw it in the trash. <laughs> but that's how I hated you know that so much. This is intense, and we're I know, going I to know. do it. But the scene, um, it, I can't remember which which vehicle or was it Scarlet? Basically, someone is like shooting at the castle, right? And well, so the, the two ice so daggers. you've got like the the actual like castle wall, like the bricks or mountainy part right is like boom 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 and then all of a sudden it hits the force shield yes like Dude, that, that transition really cool. i just again it's well it was i love it scarlet was in the helicopter that deploys from the rhino and the, and again this was a great sequence because the assault on the robotic Cobra legions, which by the way, we've totally overlooked the, I think they were ninja bats mm-hmm. there yes. were, because we saw think- three, there were three kinds of bats in this, in this episode. There were the regular bats with the big giant things on their elbows that I didn't like. There were the ninja bats that looked way cooler and were attacking the three ninjas. And then there were also like flying bats that had yeah. That's the, that's the one of the, I'm trying to pull my my old notes up because so for the toys that blue bat that you don't like with the pistons yeah that was the flying bat because he came oh with this really giant yeah he came with this giant jetpack piece that you attached to him and had wings oh so that was I different from the um the, the monster the birdish looking flying bats i'm trying to well i've i've got yojo pulled up right now and we're going to get into the figures a little bit oh my gosh some of these are so awesome <laughs> um and i'm trying to find all the different bats because I do feel like the ninja bat was a different figure, but I, there. Oh my! What is this? Yes, there was the bat in the sky. Bat. This is snake eyes. This isn't even a bat. Okay, this is insanity. We're gonna have to come back around to this uh, when we get into our Beyond the Eighties segment next, dude. There is a figure that has treasure troll hair. <laughs> Sigma six is insane. And I got to tell you, I'm starting to kind of love it. Okay. 
all right, all right, all right. So, so yeah, so I that that scene again, all the stuff that you guys are disliking is all the sort of stuff that I grew up watching <laughs> and loving. So give me some, give me some speed lines. The the part that you had just mentioned about Duke getting in there and the Destro and Baroness not really being there. Yes, that yes. was. I again, if you need to sum up the the crafty minds of the Baroness and Destro, yes, it was great. There you go. No, I loved it. I loved that they're playing chess the whole episode, and then it. Excuse me, I got so excited, <laughs> I sneezed. Um. So yeah, I love that they're the whole episode, like. They're almost casually dealing with what the Joes are doing while they're engaged in this game of chess. Uh, and then once Duke finally gets to them, because they've already established that they've captured Cobra Commander. And you're like, oh, okay, Destro is, I guess, running the show now. They're in this massive castle. The Joes have breached the castle. Duke is in there. Duke's our guy, which, by the way, this whole episode, I'm sitting here like, why is Duke's collar like torn up? That's really weird. And then later in the episode, he zips it up. And I'm like, oh, it's a zipper. I thought it was torn <laughs> this whole time. But of, but of course, he has to do this like trigun zip up thing. Right. I, don't I don't know if that's a correct reference or not. It but, is. Uh, so anyway, uh, Duke busts in there. They're just holograms. And then you guys... The tower is a rocket ship, which <laughs> is classic G.I. Joe. Yeah. Uh, so the rocket ship tapes takes off. Our Joes are like, oh, man, it's it's just a rocket ship. They're getting away. Duke is in the tower and is like, you guys, I need to get out of here. This is not great. High tech is doing some kind of like hacker business i i don't his his arms as he's every time he's doing that he looks like he's like just waving his arms wildly at this computer yeah i don't uh <laughs> high high tech i feel like i got less of a feel for high tech than i did for any the other payoff for high tech is a few more i think like a couple of episodes well and away. i think wasn't high tech a character in spy troops like he was one of the ones that was introduced that we were like, who is this guy? He's there's a there's a line at the beginning where uh, Duke's like talking about his team and he says like we have high tech who you know and he's capable of doing all these things. It's a good thing he, we we have him on our side. And high tech kind of like has like a kind of a knowing look at the camera when that happens. And so I haven't watched anything beyond this first episode. It made me think: Are we going to have to worry about him being a double agent later on down the line? No. Um, but uh, high tech uh, made his first appearance in the Valor versus Venom. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I feel like we talked about him at some point before, as like he was treated as a main character, and we were like, "Who is this guy?" Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, Duke is trapped in the giant uh, tower rocket ship thing. And he just and he realizes like, hey, I can zip up my collar. I can jump back in my mech and just jump out of this thing and everything's going to be cool. So he zips his collar up, jumps out in the mech. Uh, and we do we get a very satisfying Yo Joe 
as he jumps out of the tower. And I appreciate the heck out of that because to me, you got to yo Joe. You have to <laughs> yo Joe. If you don't, you're not doing G.I. Joe right. So I appreciated that we got a great yo Joe as he jumps out of there. Uh, so Duke gets out and Scarlet picks him up in the Rhino helicopter deployment thing. We get a little peril as Scarlet's like, I don't know if I can pull up. Okay, of course I can. Everything's fine. Uh, and then the Joes are all kind of like back together in the Arctic. And this massive, this is a family show. I don't want to get too deep into what this thing looked like as it penetrated the ice. <laughs> the Cobra Rabbit. This massive thing comes up out of the ice and and as it climaxes flops over <laughs> uh so was this this was a submarine right whatever it was it was awesome yeah but it just goes away and they're like all right we're going back to headquarters well that was now. what was yeah. so weird is it comes up out of the ice it flops over and then they're like oh Looks like Cobra's got this giant thing. Ah, uh, let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta have them get ready for episode two because now we know Cobra isn't completely defeated. So we got fooled by Baroness and Destro. What are Baroness and Destro going to do? Free Cobra Commander. Right, right, right. Well, and and that was. What was odd to me is nothing about this episode felt over the top. Cobra is a danger any more so than they've ever been. But then at the end of the episode, Duke gives this whole big speech full of like, well, you know what? I'm going to play it right now. So Duke gives that whole big speech that seems so dramatic and so like, we've never faced anything like this before. And I'm like, I don't know that that was really that big a deal, but <laughs> they it, it kind of sets up the premise of Sigma 6 in a weird way. Uh, and and the, I don't know what's going to happen next, and I don't know if I ever will because I'd really rather not ever watch another episode of Sigma Six ever. <laughs> Look, it was tempting because in the description for episode two, it says the Dreadnoks, which were spelled right, wrong, right. show up to save Cobra Commander, and I was like, "Ooh, do I want to watch that?" No, I can't do it. Not anytime if, soon. Look, I got to tell you, at some point, we're going to. <laughs> if you don't like anime, episode two gets it has to introduce even more tropes. Like episode two is where we get the, the troubled kid, like the literal little kid that's now going to be a part of everything that's going on. Oh no, oh, it gets even better then. Oh, that yeah. sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Hawk's stepson. Oh, geez. Stun. That sounds terrible. Yeah, um, and it's, you know, again, during this time period, a lot of uh, companies went with 
will take an older person and tell them just to pitch their voice up higher to sound like a little kid instead of hiring the women who can sound like little kids. So this kid still sounds like a 30-year-old trying to imitate a kid's voice. Um, But the design for Cobra Commander, I feel like episode two is sort of where we start to see how serious Cobra is. And it's it's a weird mix if any of our listeners choose to continue <laughs> one to give the show a chance based off of this review and two <laughs> continue to watch it past episode one it it has that again anime sort of trope of we want the villains to seem deadly and dangerous so we're going to give them sort of these big dramatic ooh ah moments mm. but they're still going to be monologuing and their their plots to take over the world are still going to be completely over the top. And I appreciate that because it doesn't go full, you know, resolute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't and that's, I don't want to get into like super grimdark. Right. Right. Well, so that is G.I. Joe, Sigma 6, Episode 1, Cobra Strike. Uh, At some point, we will talk more about the Sigma 6 cartoon. We will review another episode. It's going to happen. But for now, this is as much Sigma 6 as I want to experience. It it was, it's probably, and, and again, this is personal taste. This is not my judgment of the quality of it. This is just for me personally. It's the least pleasant experience I've ever had watching GI Joe. This, yeah, this is a five part series like the Sunbow cartoons had to start it off the uh, Sigma six. It's going to take us probably three years to watch these five. episodes. <laughs> if I have anything to do with it. <laughs> Although, okay. I just want to throw one more thing out there. And you guys will probably disagree with me, but after watching Renegades and then watching this, I feel like Renegades took what Sigma Six was doing with Tunnel Rat and straightened it up. Like the Renegades no, I, I, Tunnel no, Rat I, I is the comedy relief, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's not running around and eating bugs. So it's sort of like how Chuckles got his shining moment in the IDW comic series. I feel like Sigma Six is where what, you know, there's a chunk of people that when they think of Tunnel Rat or kids, I guess I should say, you know, that grew up on Renegades and this, their version of Tunnel Rat, this is where that came from. No, I no, I absolutely agree with you and see what you're saying, uh, because as far as media goes, the only tunnel rat we had previous to this was the 87 movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is uh, uh, obviously a very severe, but an extrapolation of that. And then Renegades is like, okay, let's, let's tone it back a little, but maintain that. I, I don't want to call it comic relief, but that humorous charismatic character. Like the the Murdoch of the A team. Okay, that's um, a good comparison. No, I I, t- I totally agree with you on that. Is is 
it's it's all just levels of characterization. He's he's uh, kind and, of rat and, trap from Beast Wars to me too yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and that's uh, this and and that is what I can say about this is as much as it wasn't to my taste, it did not go against what I think of as GI Joe. It it was within the genre that it was attempting to capture it still felt like proper gi joe to me i didn't i didn't watch it and think this isn't gi joe i just thought well this is a flavor of gi joe that i don't care for so i i'm not i don't hate it it's not for me but it's not bad if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh all right we got to move on now and talk a little bit. We're just going to kind of brush the surface of the Sigma-6 toy line, which is, of course, the point of all of this. New G.I. Joe Sigma 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It's time to gear up with G.I. Joe Sigma 6. Codename for the new G.I. Joe Special Forces team. Heavy duty in position. Covert ops. Advanced gear. Specialized vehicles. No matter when or where Cobra strikes, you can always count on Sigma-6 to take them down. G.I. Joe Sigma-6. Figures and vehicles each sold separately. You can find more fun at Hasbro.com. Ask a parent first. All right, so this is beyond the 80s, and what we're going to do here is take a look. This whole episode is devoted to Sigma-6. We did our review of the first episode of the cartoon, and now we're going to do kind of a general synopsis of the toy line what we feel like it was trying to accomplish. Uh, we're not going to do a super deep dive because honestly, we could take a look at so many of these figures and really get deep on them. Uh, we're just going to talk about like maybe our relation to the GI Joe line at the time, what we feel like Hasbro was trying to accomplish and maybe point out uh, a few specifics about the figures. Uh, this is kind of an overview of GI Joe Sigma six. So this line launched in 2005. We talked about the animated series that accompanied it, and it did last 2005, 2006, 2007. And what's interesting is we had a line of 8-inch, really articulated, really unique figures that were referred to as the Commando Scale. Uh, and then later on in two, uh, 2006, we got the smaller mission scale uh something that was really interesting and you know i want to say new to gi joe but it wasn't because even back in the 90s we got those little mini figures mm -hmm. uh, that came out but sigma six obviously with those being eight inches tall the line was not vehicle oriented the mission scale was where kind of the vehicles came into play a little bit more but let's jump back to 2005. So I've said before, I was from, from 1997 on, I was actively collecting G.I. Joe. Uh, I was into 
the real american hero series the spy troops the valor versus venom i was buying all of that sigma six came out and initially i thought like oh this is really interesting it's a larger different thing they're actually doing media with it again because it was being broadcast on television rather than you know valor versus venom or spy troops that just got dvd releases this was actually showing up on a on a channel somewhere uh so i i was i was interested in what they were doing with this i bought the first snake eyes figure that came out because i just i had to know i had to check it out it was new gi joe and it was did you guys hear that commercial that just blew up in my headset no okay good good (laughs) then we will continue as though nothing happened uh so i bought the snake eyes figure that was part of sigma six and while i admired it as a toy I just knew that this wasn't for me. Did you guys back in 2005, like where were you with GI Joe? What was your awareness of this Sigma six thing? So I wasn't collecting any GI Joe at this point. Um, I just was familiar with these figures from going on the toy aisle and uh, looking at, I was still collecting the occasional transformer. Um, I was, just starting to getting uh, i guess at this point i hadn't really gotten back into collecting lego at this point so it was probably just the the transformer stuff that i was collecting mainly uh but i remember seeing them thinking all right well you know it's gi joe it's not something i'm interested in i remember buying one of these figures for my friend bobby for his birthday um just because he was still collecting gi joe and i was like all right well i'm gonna just get him this and just see if he you know if he enjoys it I I don't think it lasted very long in his collection um, <laughs> because he was probably, you know, just like, all right, this is not the, the I don't know what his opinion was, but I'm sure it wasn't for him, um, just like it wasn't really for me. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I was like, all right, they're doing something different. I thought it was insane. They were making figures this large um, at that time. But, uh, you know, and then not they were not really realistic looking figures. And that's what I always loved about G.I. Joe was that G.I. Joe, the, the, you know, they they looked they had proportions and they were designed to look like realistic people, even right, if they right. were even if they were in garish colors, especially in the later years. Well, this to me, this the snake eyes that I bought was was very interesting because of the packaging. You had this uh this weapons case that was part of the packaging and then when you look at it you have this this like foam that has all the accessories and everything the figures on the left side you see snake eyes eyes which is interesting and different uh i mean there's a ton of stuff in this package i don't remember what the price point was on this let's see if yojo has a price point here I remember them being in like the ten to fifteen dollar yeah. range. Yeah, I, I well, and and 
I remember thinking for everything that seemed to be in this package, it seemed like a relatively reasonable price. Yeah. Although more expensive than other things that were available at the time. Right. Uh, so while you're looking that up, um, at the time, I was there was no G.I. Joe line that I was collecting. Uh, me and my G.I. Joe friends were very aware of this toy line. Um, this was also when I was working um, part-time at a comic shop um, slash toy shop. Um, so when we saw these, we ridiculed them. We thought, <laughs> we thought this was going to be an abysmal failure. Um, an aided scale at that time was unheard of. You had Toy Biz doing Marvel Legends. And yeah, it was such like when Marvel Legends came out, that was such a, whoa, I don't do that. I only collect, you know, three and three quarter was the norm. So this was even more out of left field. And for us, the the ports that were on yeah. the arms and the legs yeah, to yeah. attach everything. We were like, it's like trying to be Microman, but they're tall. Like, this is just like younger me did not think in terms of this as being toyetic. So we were we were so positive that this was going to fail. And I for my birthday. Uh, one of my G.I. Joe friends got me the sky bat. And um, it's a great figure. Um, and I held on to it for years. I don't think I, I sold it off until after I had bought my house. Um, but it was a great robot figure. It wasn't G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. Us. Well, and that's how a lot of this came off is like, because like I said, I bought this Snake Eyes. I loved the weapons case. I understood the idea behind it being a great toy, but it just wasn't anything that felt G.I. Joe to me at all. And I, I never bought a, a single other Sigma 6 figure until a few days ago, but we'll get to that <laughs> later. Um. It's just such an interesting experiment because there was nothing else on the market at the time that was anything like this. This mm -mm. did not match up with anything else. And I wonder if that's what they were going for. Like, oh, let's let's really do something different. Let's do something unique that's going to stand out in the toy aisle. Uh, because you look at the number of accessories that this thing has, uh, I'm I'm looking at this snake eyes that I bought, uh, with these suction cup like climbing things, the dog tags, the different visors, the gas mask, the night vision goggles, all the different swords and guns and everything else. I mean, it it really is just hand candy. It's a phenomenal toy. Mm-hmm. Any kid you'd think would feel like super hyped to get one of these figures with all of this stuff that they come with. And yeah. that's that's sort of what 
reignited my interest in it recently. Um, you know, if you take away the toyetic design of the figures, right? Like take the ports off the arms and all that. Is Sigma Six the grandfather of classifieds? Because you have all this detail put into these figures. They are packed to the gills with accessories. Um, you know, and uh yeah, I'm looking at the heavy duty figure, and he has soft good pants. They didn't need to do that. Right, right. But, and, you know, some of the figures had trench coats or. Um, well, Destro has like the jacket. Um, yeah. They, I mean, it, it. it's such a fascinating line. Uh, looking at this heavy duty, he's very clearly larger than the other figures. Uh, the tongue, but but I think one of the things that's a little off putting about it to me is the aesthetics of them. A lot of the figures look like a human head on a robot body, yeah, mm -hmm. like it's a really bizarre look in some cases. Which the Sigma's it's supposed to be like Sigma Six armor. Right. Sigma six technology is what they're using because right. you can upgrade it to be able to fight, blah, 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 blah. So I like when you know that part of it, that robot design makes sense. But if you were just looking at it on a toy shelf, you're right. It would be like by cyber bionic G.I. Joe. What? Which is apparently something that, like, I just reading ahead about this, that's when I found that out, that that's the Swiss be like the special armor, which going back to the cartoon that we just reviewed, they there's a there's clearly a thing at the end where, like, there's a big Sigma-6 right, logo right. floating around when he's talking, but they haven't established the Sigma-6 ar uh, armor yet, so. Right. Uh, I didn't want to spoil it for you. Yeah. So that we would have to <laughs> review more episodes. <laughs> Yeah, two years from now, where we review episode <laughs> right. two, we'll really get into that stuff. But uh, I would really, if, if, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little later, but I would really love to hear from anyone who collected Sigma 6 at the time that was a fan of this toy line. Yes, because they're, they have to be out there because. It's it really is a fantastic toy line. Mm -hmm. And if people didn't already have like a predisposition for classic G.I. Joe, I can see where this would have been like amazing. Like if yeah. this was the Joe I had had as a kid, I would love this. Right. Even even me now. When I look at them, I just see so much possibility. Yes. Whereas back then, I was so focused on the aesthetics of a figure, I couldn't get past it. Yeah. And, and yeah. I well, and like you said, the, the, uh, you know, the inclusion of the soft goods with, with Storm Shadow and Spirit, uh, with the soft good and, and heavy duty with the soft goods pants, like, just all of the 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 mixed media that they're putting together with these the they they really are this this is a very special unique toy line 
that I wish I had had the vision to appreciate back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I just did not. It 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 really is kind of art. Although I will say this tunnel rat is is kind of horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even eating like roaches or worms or anything. He's just <laughs> kind of scary. Uh so our first series of commando scale figures we've got two different dukes heavy duty a kamakura that looks nothing like the one that's in the animated series no but he looks like jinx from the second gi joe movie yes uh the yellow and black uh very clearly a kind of a bruce lee call out yeah uh tons of ninja gear uh, you know, pretty cool figure but definitely not like if you watch that cartoon and you want to come a Kamakura figure this is not it well uh, not at that point right well right right uh two different versions of snake eyes spirit iron knife tunnel rat uh two different versions of storm shadow interesting that in this first wave only three well really only two enemies storm shadow and the bat and this bat very interesting because this is the ninja bat this is not the standard bat that we saw in the episode so this is the actually cooler somewhat more streamlined one and i would say if you wanted to you could buy a bunch of these to go with your classified figures because yeah. it's a big robot. Or I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you could you could pose them with your three and three quarter inch figures yeah. because they're robots and they can yes. be whatever size you want them to be. Yeah, absolutely. Like this is a great, great figure. This removable chest plate. Mm-hmm. Uh I've got these like laser weapons, a cool looking gun. Uh, this could absolutely go with any of your Joe collections. Uh I like this design a lot. Looks He's got really, a very really like cool. Ultron vibe to him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, it doesn't look like he goes for an insane amount on eBay. If you did want to build an army. And then you've got the Ninja Hover Cycle vehicle, which obviously this scale, a motorcycle, is kind of the most sensible thing you can release. Yeah. Uh, very easy to to put out there. Looks pretty cool. Uh, it has a like hover cycle mode where the wheels fold out. Uh, pretty cool. I I don't. I'm not in love with it, but it's all right. Uh, and then you have, I guess, a repaint. Role play. Well, well yeah. there there's a a a Cobra Ninja hover cycle. Yeah, yeah. That's a repaint in like Storm Shadow colors, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But yeah, uh, Noel, tell us about this role play gun. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's a multi mode blaster, which um, I guess was it like a Nerf gun. It looks like it shoots little projectiles. If that's if I'm not mistaken, well, may, or maybe not. It's got. I know it's battery operated. Yeah, I can't. I don't think it actually fires anything. I think it's just you can take it apart. There was a similar Clone Wars rifle 
within a couple of years of this that was modular that made different noises depending on how you constructed it and it looks like this is a similar kind of thing this has this is showing nine different modes that you can build with the parts included and uh while this does not scream gi joe to me it does scream awesome toy yeah i mean if you're a kid in 2005 but I mean, Nerf guns were also huge at this point, and Hasbro owned, yeah. uh, owned Nerf, so it's actually kind of surprising they did not kind of do a little crossover with that. But they also weren't doing that as much then as they are now. Yeah, well, I think it's only really in the last uh, five years, seven years that that Hasbro has realized, oh, we can put other branding on Nerf stuff, and people mm-hmm. really like that. Because at this point, like Star Wars weapons were still just electronic weapons with no relation to Nerf whatsoever. Yeah. I and 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 honestly, we've talked about this before on the show. I don't think Hasbro has yet realized the potential yeah. of, of Nerf licensed branding. Well, I know that like uh, and going back to Transformer stuff, like they had a Megatron that was that transformed into essentially a Nerf gun back in two thousand what was that the first edition of the classics yeah the really truck. yeah yeah he was like gray and purple because he they, he couldn't look like a realistic guy yeah yeah yep. so see there's so much more potential for nerf than what hasbro is taking advantage of right now uh but this is a cool looking weapon i if if i was at a toy convention and saw this for like 30 bucks or less I'd grab it just because it looks really cool. Uh, All right. So that is our first year of Sigma six, 2006. We get more commando scale stuff. And I got to say the first thing that jumps out at me is this crazy Kamakura version two with the (laughs) wings. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, Yojo does not have a very good write up for this thing. Uh, but it it's it's basically supposed to be like that flying squirrel suit, I think. Mm-hmm. The wings that pop out. Got a couple of swords, a couple of bladed weapons. And actually, for as wacky as it looks, it looks like it's just a basic figure for the line because it does not come with a ton of stuff. Uh, but that one, yeah, that one for sure jumps out at me. But looking at 2006, we've got... Of course, uh, a couple more Dukes, three more Dukes. Yeah, uh, Firefly, who's got a just visible face. Yeah, just straight up visible face. Although a pretty cool looking, uh, again very anime, but cool looking mask. Uh, got the swords, which I'm not a fan of Ninja Firefly, but I'm pretty sure in this everybody's a ninja to some degree. Uh, he has a machine gun that's somewhat reminiscent of the original uh, original Firefly's machine gun. Well, apparently this Firefly is a member of G.I. Joe. Pardon? <laughs> yeah. He became a permanent member of the Sigma-6 team to, prov- to, to provide his expertise in fighting the G.I. Joe Whoa. or the Cobra Bat troops. So, yes, this is not Firefly Cobra Saboteur. This is G.I. Joe Saboteur Firefly. Whoa. That's wild. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that I'll uh, get another heavy duty because yeah, they, uh, they they put the cobras down below. This is still into the GI Joe territory. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. 
Uh, we get high tech for the first time. Who's a main character in that episode that we watched long range, two different long ranges, Lieutenant stone, who is portrayed by Oscar winning That's actor, right. Brendan Frazier in the 2009 <laughs> movie. Uh, snake eyes, snake eyes, snake eyes, <laughs> uh spear another spirit iron knife who comes with like a snake on a leash uh and then a new tunnel rat it looks like uh spirit and tunnel rat are deluxe figures probably so uh a side note uh the uh, i guess the first spirit iron knife comes with an eagle not named freedom but named billy yes <laughs> which, which <laughs> raises so many questions. <laughs> so I think it's Cobra, like Co son reincarnated. <laughs> but also, of course, like Billy from Predator, three. who later we got a oh yeah of, right uh, a spirit. Mm. Uh, yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah yeah good call. <laughs> uh, and then our cobras, we get cobras ranks get filled out slightly more with. Two different Cobra Commanders. Uh, Destro, who has a nice soft goods jacket, actually looks really cool. A Sky Bat. Which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Two different Storm Shadows, in addition to the two we already have. And a Zartan. And the Zartan, uh, I, I mean, they really went with the classic look on that Zartan. Yeah, mm -hmm. he is. he's probably the truest to his original form of mm. any of these and yojo has absolutely given him more attention than any of the other <laughs> figures here uh but yeah the zartan looks pretty cool and then with the vehicle wise there is just a cobra vehicle it's like this weird atv night night ranger uh quad vehicle your motor and what's your price for flight motor uh, apparently this is uh no it's, it came with duke so this is not a cobra vehicle this is a oh. Joe vehicle okay oh yeah that is so it includes wait does it include duke i can't tell uh yes night ranger quad with duke was released box in tw 2006 okay okay all right and then we have another role play set oh wait we get Duke with a parachute. Oh my gosh. A lot of Dukes. Lot of Dukes. Seven Duke. Dukes thus far. <laughs> yeah. Duke with a parachute. Year. And then some kind of like heavy artillery Duke with his gig preposterously gigantic cannon gun. Uh we're not gonna get into that. Like I said, we're we're not doing the deep dive today. This is the shallow intro to sigma six uh then a role play set that has some of the snake eyes ninja stuff <laughs> including a ninja mask this is going to be my cosplay at joe fest this year <laughs> uh we're not going to get into the mission scale stuff because quite frankly we just don't have the time tonight no but there's a yeah we, that's definitely something i'd love to talk about sometime in the future yeah we'll do a, a future beyond the 80s we'll get we'll dip into that oh man i accidentally closed my window uh can one of you guys take us into 2007 yes 
So 2007, we have series three of the eight inch commando scale, and we actually get uh, a new character or two. We get Desert Wolf. Whoa. Yeah. Of course, immediately followed by Duke uh, version eight, who. um, Is is that a guitar? He looks like he's carrying a giant guitar, Um, but I guess it's some sort of giant weapon. Um, They also at this point had reintroduced Kung Fu Grip into uh, into G.I. Joe. So they were using that branding again. So the Kung Fu Grip is actually like the the hinged spring loaded hands, right? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, this was this year is a little more expansive than I expected because you'd think at this point the line was dying down, but there are a ton of releases here. Well, we get, I mean, we get new characters. So we got we have Flint for the first time. We have Grand Slam getting that name used again. Gung Ho for the first time. I want to jump back real quick um because i just needed to oh nope never mind i'm off by a year oh okay nope keep going (laughs) uh another uh v2 high tech we get inferno who is the firefighter i guess he's the stand-in for barbecue uh another kamakura so how many is this now v3 three kamakuras uh leatherneck gets wow yeah Lockdown. Uh, and then of course we're getting some of the retreads. We had a long range V3 who some of these are like the uh these are the more like deluxe figures who have like larger weapons and yeah, we're getting into some really insanely giant weapons here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant uh, torpedo. Well, and this torpedo is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh got the swim fins, he's got the all of the scuba gear. He does come with a submachine gun. Uh, this is, you know, you you had said earlier that in a weird way, this line was kind of a spiritual predecessor to classified. And I definitely can see elements of the classified torpedo in this Sigma six release. Just in, in the accessories and the, the practicality of the figure. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then the, who's this big? Oh, Ricondo. It's a V2 Ricondo. So, oh wait, we I, missed version we one missed... somewhere. Yeah, that's okay. We'll we'll loop back around to that someday. <laughs> Sergeant Boulder. What is a Sergeant Boulder? What yeah, is this guy? Maybe it's Hulk Hogan. Except uh, except no, he's an African American. <laughs> or I want a Horace Boulder GI <laughs> Joe action figure. Uh, but yeah, he's, a uh, he's, he's actually kind of got the look that heavy duty would, uh, yeah, yeah. Have later on where he's got like the, 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 um, the bandana, bandana on his head. Uh, and yeah. He's got a very like angry look on his face. I really like that face sculpt. Very interesting. Uh, and he's, he's big, thick figure too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got, look at this Christian. It's Sigma Six Shipwreck. What do you yeah. think of this guy? Look at the portrait He's on him. He's got the face sculpt of the art from the box. And you're right. This is the insane. And rather than Polly, he's, he's got, got a monkey. He's got monkey. Monkey. Yep. Wow. Weird decision. <laughs> it's because uh, Polly wouldn't fling poo. 
Ah, uh, that's true. This shipwreck is definitely a pooflinger. He's got a harpoon gun that looks like a super soaker, but is a spring loaded. It actually launches the harpoon with, that has a uh, a line connected to it. Got a sword, a knife. This is a pretty cool shipwreck. I actually didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I yeah. might have. Oh, look, he can hold the knife in his mouth. Ah, nice. I might have to hunt this one down. I <laughs> dig this. This is weird. Uh, so we got shipwreck. We've got shockwave, who is uh, really cool. I I like this figure a lot. Whoa, he's does he have a soft goods balaclava? Yes. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously, kind of playing off because the original Shockwave, I you know, I like that figure, but his colors are a little silly because by '88 they were starting to do that. Yeah. I mean, this is the way Shockwave should have looked to begin with, where he's just basically black and gray. Yeah, dark colors. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like the dog tags. Cool. I like well, I like his gun too. Like everything about this guy, mm-hmm. this is a pretty cool figure. Um, all right, and then we've got crazy helicopter snake eyes. <laughs> We'll just move on. I don't know about that. Uh, Snake Eyes version 7. Who knows what that is? That's a training. Okay. Snake Eyes version 9. Snake Eyes version 10. Snake Eyes version 11. Snake Eyes version 12. No, version 13. Where's 12? Uh, He may have been packed in with one of these vehicles. As a matter of fact, he's probably the Ninja Tracker. Oh, yeah. I bet you're right. I bet you're right. And then Wetsuit, who is... Not just a repaint of Torpedo. Yeah. Pretty cool translucent mask on this guy. Uh, I dig it. Does not pass the wetsuit squint test. No. But, <laughs> but okay. You know, you uh, got to keep those keep those trademarks because we know what happens. Hasbro likes to lose them. And then we get into our Cobras with this Cobra Commander. Looks what? Like Moon Knight. <laughs> Yeah, this is pretty wacky. This is, I guess, a battle armor type Cobra Commander. Uh, he's got a, some kind of almost a Serpentor type sled. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is. This is something else. I highly encourage anybody to go check this out because we're getting real weird now. Oh, wait till the next one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dark Ninja Master. With treasure troll hair. <laughs> I can't even talk about this. What, what is. All right, let's move on. This is too weird. <laughs> Again, we're skimming the surface. Uh, Destro. Fire. Another firefly. Iron Grenadier. What? Destro's got to have his troops. This does mm-hmm. not pass the Iron Grenadier squint test at all. Well, now and then the next one we have is really interesting. What? What is this? It's a transformer. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it's a motorcycle that transforms into something that almost looks like a passable <laughs> robot. That'll scratch your back. Yeah. This is a. This is kind of awesome. I had no awareness of this whatsoever. I don't remember seeing this in stores ever. No. But this is pretty cool. And it has Kung Fu grip. And that is a... 
Hasbro, you need to use Red Banshee. Like, yes. that needs to be a figure. That's a I great want a classified name. Red Banshee. <laughs> uh, we got a Storm Shadow with some kind of like saw blade jetpack business going on. I don't know. Uh, Starlight Storm Express, Shadow. Storm Shadow. Another Storm Shadow. There's a lot of white in the Cobra designs for this year. It's really yeah, kind very of unusual. White colors, very odd. Uh, and then we've got under vehicles the metal mayhem, which is that the mech that Duke had. Wait, did you episode? mention did you mention Zartan version two? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> That's for later in the show. <laughs> I like the samurai storm shadow though, this last one. I don't because samurais and ninjas are completely different things, and that makes no sense. Okay, but fine. I just like the aesthetics of the figure. Yes, this would if if this was Budo, we'd be like, oh, this is this is what Budo should look like. But but turning a ninja into a samurai has never been a, a thing that I particularly enjoy. Uh all right, so we've got this big mech that okay, so it looks like the figure doesn't go into this though. This is just a big robot. No, the, no, wait, yeah, no, there, yeah Snake right. Eyes oh, there is piloting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, Snake Eyes is in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite the one from the episode Dude, we watched. It doesn't how, have the... How big is this? Uh, about 11 inches tall, 12 inches tall. Yeah, because this is an 8-inch figure in this mech. So this thing has got to be massive. And it does include the Snake Eyes figure. Mm -hmm. uh so yeah it's not what we saw in that episode of the cartoon but it's definitely sort of meant to evoke that i guess uh and then we've got another little atv with another snake eyes because with another just, snake eyes because you can never have too many snake eyes this thing is a little th this atv a little underwhelming let's move on yeah. uh then we've got some box sets we've got Rakondo. oh this is where our Rakondo version one is why is he a box set? Because he comes with an alligator. Oh. This is where we get into where they were doing these sets that sort of evoked Adventure Team G.I. Joe. Okay. Where me now goes, I want this. Rakondo's portrait is a nightmare. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but fun toy. To, oh, look, he's even got the action team adventure guide with him. Or adventure adventure team, sorry. Interesting. Oh, uh, yeah. Then cool. we've got a Snake Eyes box set with, uh, I don't know, a bunch of stuff. Whatever. This is not that interesting. Weapons. Bleh. And then another Snake Eyes Pyramid of Peril that comes with a gigantic cobra uh, toy and then some kind of little altar with some stuff. Uh, it's a story in a box. Good for Hasbro. And then finally, a Storm Shadow box set with just a bunch of accessories. Ooh, and a net. I like a good net. And a tiger. Yes. Oh, yeah, and the tiger. They did not do a good job of, of highlighting the tiger here. 
So with a tiger and another adventure team adventure guide. Boxed, this looks very impressive. You've got Storm Shadow in a really bizarre position fighting off the tiger. Who is on a leash, by the way? So you've got a little Sigmund and Roy. <laughs> Sigma Sigma Six Fury Freed and Roy. Sig, Sigmund, Sigma Sigma Six. six. <laughs> uh and then yeah. some we're we're not gonna get into uh convention exclusives or land sea and air. Maybe that'll be a, a specific topic for another day. I think we have 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 uh scratched the surface of Sigma Six well enough here. So overall, kind of like looking at this, giving it an overview. I got to say, while this isn't what I want out of G.I. Joe, I think this is a phenomenal toy line. Like, I would imagine kids at the time, like five to to eight years old at the time, I, I this would have seemed awesome, I would think. Yeah, I mean, if I were yeah. a kid, I would have loved this. Um, it just wasn't my speed. I mean, I wasn't, listen, I wasn't collecting G.I. Joe at all at this time, but even if I were, I probably would just have been like, all right, G.I. Joe on the shelf, cool. In a few years, I'll, I'm sure there'll be something better for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, even at the time, there was something better because they were actively producing three and three quarter inch through this whole time frame. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, look, these are phenomenal toys. Just for a GI Joe collector, not necessarily for me. Christian, what's your sort of retrospect on this? Yeah, uh, older adult me absolutely appreciates these figures. I think maybe because as we went through these, you know, if you notice as the toy line went on, those weapon ports on the body sort of phased out yeah or less yeah. pronounced they so replaced me- those with actual like holsters and stuff yeah so so maybe if they had done that earlier on um but i i look at this aesthetic now and i think man there are it took you know 10 years but there are so many other toy lines that have done this kind of look that again maybe it was just ahead of its time i think so i think so uh all right so yeah we'll we'll deep uh, we'll we'll get more into sigma six in future episodes but for now uh that's just kind of our overview of the line it's time to move on This is Knowing is Half the Babble, where each of us get a little bit of time to talk about anything that we want that may not even be G.I. Joe, but I'm going to kick it off this time because mine is G.I. Joe. Uh, you know, we we've are featured on the Needless Things YouTube channel. That's where we have our live streams and all the G.I. Joe toy reviews you can handle happen there. And I... In anticipation of this Sigma 6-centric episode, went on eBay because I knew there was a figure called Toxic Zartan. 
that primarily features a purple and green color scheme. And those have kind of been my signature colors for a couple of decades now. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to get a Sigma six figure to kind of refresh myself on this line, because I bought that one snake eyes back in the day and nothing else since I thought I want to get myself a new Sigma six figure to review on the needless things, YouTube channel to talk about on the podcast. Let me order this toxic Zartan. Uh, and it actually arrived in time. So I've got it here in hand. You can go to the Needless Things YouTube channel. It went up this past Wednesday, my review. And this figure is really wild. I'm glad I have it. It's going to go on my weird G.I. Joe stuff shelf. But it is a product of its time. It doesn't necessarily make me want to buy more Sigma 6 figures because it's so weird. Uh it can't stow everything that it comes with. The Kung Fu grip, which is a reference to a spring-loaded hinge in the hand, doesn't work super well. It, it, it can't hold this giant cannon that it comes with as well as I'd like. The, other, the left hand is just in this open pose rather than a C-grip or the Kung Fu grip, so you can't hold two. Like, the pose is really cool, but it's like, I've got 57 different weapons here and he can only hold one at a time. Uh, but just deco wise, cool toy wise. I dig this thing. I'm glad I've got it. Uh, and I had a lot of fun reviewing it. It's actually one of the longer reviews I've done on the channel. Uh, so be sure and check that out on the needless things, YouTube channel. Uh, this toxic Zartan from Sigma six, was an interesting experience and I'm, I'm glad to have it. Uh, Christian, what babble do you have for us this week? Uh, so much like I'm going to reiterate my request from earlier. If you were a fan of the Sigma six toy line and collected it, please go to our Instagram page and leave a comment and let us know. Um, everything about what you loved about it during that time period but for my babble i'm also putting it out there uh rl stein of goosebumps fame whoa wrote, yes wrote some young adult gi joe novels uh and back in 1988 so i'm curious if any of our listeners during that time read uh any of these i think there's like four that he wrote possibly um so yeah if you read wow. any of the gi joe rl stein books uh please go to our instagram page and and let me know what you think of them because i'm on the fence of of trying to check one out they 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 have some used on um obviously online and they go for dirt cheap well it's interesting you bring that up because rl stein uh was the author you know i don't know rl stein from goosebumps i mean i'm aware that that's where he got his biggest notoriety but for me, R.L. Stein wrote the best choose your own adventure books. 
that's where i know him from and well that's what i was curious when you said that it was are they find your fates or are they just like young adult novels so on the cover of the books it does not say choose your own adventure or find your own fate nothing like that so i that's where i'm sort of curious to see what our our if anybody out there has read them uh because if they do come back and say, yeah, they're choose your own adventures, uh, I'm going to be all over that. Interesting. Uh, all right. Noel, what is your babble? Well, I kind of feel bad because you guys both had G.I. Joe babbles and mine, I guess, is somewhat G.I. Joe adjacent. Um, but I discovered something I didn't I had, did not know existed. Um I was just poking around eBay looking for some things and I saw this vehicle um, and I, I don't remember if we've talked really much about Lennard toys here, but mm. I know we've had some discussions about some of the Lennard toys core and other things that were, you know, GI Joe knockoffs in the past. Um, but I found something called TAC force T A C K force. Okay. Um, and it's both, I've seen it both as just tack one word and tack t.a.c.k force and this is clearly an attempt to do a mask knockoff from 1985 really so if you if you just do a google search for lenard tack force i can find multiple ebay listings for what appear to be two different camaros uh one is yellow with some red stripes the other one is white Oh, oh dude i had that yellow one okay okay but like there's no other information about this on the internet anywhere. The only thing I can find, and I've mentioned battlegrip.com at Philip Reed's uh, site is he posted uh, like this. What is this tack force fighting vehicles? And it's like an ad from an old family dollar flyer. Okay. This is not, this was not originally Lennard tack force. This was an entirely different toy line that Lennard, I guess, bought the tooling for. And released under their tack force. This was, I have talked about these on the show before. Really? These were called switch something. I cannot remember what it was now. Um, yeah, these are not originally Lennard toys. Well, it's crazy that there's just no information about them. Because I, I would think that, mm. you know, on this vast internet, if you were to Google that, you would find out someone in some message board somewhere would be like, oh, yeah, this is based on this other toy line. Leonard must have like licensed, but I can't find anything. The only thing I can find other than these eBay auctions, and there's a bunch of them, is this Philip Reed post. So it's just bizarre. And I was like, I they don't go for that much on eBay. I'm really tempted to actually just buy one and, and see. You you should. Um, gosh, I wish I could find... I was just diving into these just a few months ago, and I, I believe I talked about them on the show. It was a whole line of these vehicles that you push down on the top and weapons pop out of them. Uh, and hmm. it's not originally a Lennard toy line. It's originally uh, not LJN. Buddy L. I, oh man, we're going to have to do a follow-up on this because I cannot remember. 
Uh, we'll we'll follow up on this in the future because I did not know Lenard. Like I said, basically bought the tooling and re-released these because they're a different toy line entirely. I had this yellow car, but it was not a Lenard Tac Force. Hmm. I wonder if a Google Lens search might find might yield some. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to try that. But yeah, we'll we'll maybe follow up on that in a different episode. Because uh... yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because th- this is a this is something entirely different. Uh, all right. Well, that is all we've got for you this week. I think it was more than enough to we we just recorded two gigantic episodes. <laughs> yes, we uh, did. Our music is by Andy Simford of electricminnowmusic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast. That is the best place to interact with us about what you enjoyed about the show, what you want to hear from the show. Uh, Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is a G.I. Joe costuming club where uh, if you ever thought about dressing up like a G.I. Joe character, even maybe one of these awesome Sigma 6 designs we talked about today, uh, (laughs) You can uh, join us and help us uh, raise money for a great organization called Canines for Warriors. It's a fantastic charity, and uh, you can check out thefinestcc.com or go to the Finest Recruitment Center on Facebook for more details. And Christian, where can we find that figure photography that you do oh so well? You can find me on Instagram under the name Legion Cub. You guys, thank you so much for sitting down and talking about something that we all love, G.I. Joe. And as always... Yo, Joe. Cobra. G.I. Joe Sigma-6, codename for a highly trained special mission force. Its objective, stop Cobra, stop Cobra. Sigma-6, be a hero. G.I. Joe will turn the tide. Be a hero. Sigma-6 is on your side. Be a hero. Be the best of the best. Whenever there's a mission, G.I. Joe is there. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.